Welcome to Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Video Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. We're happy to have you joining us today. If you haven't already done so, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscription button. And if you'd like, you can hit that notification bell as well so you get notified when we post a new episode. We come to you live at noon on Wednesdays. But then it is uh, posted after that, and you can go back and watch it anytime on many popular podcast platforms. Well, each week on the podcast, we're taking some time to go a little deeper into the message series that we're doing at Lakeshore. Uh, this past week, we were continuing the series called Summer in the Psalms, and we were in Psalm 34. Uh, this is an interesting psalm to me, especially because of the introduction to it that David writes. David is the author of this psalm. And in the introduction to the psalm and uh, the heading there, as it begins Psalm 34, it says of David when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. We have, uh, thankfully, more of a record of that. That would be hard for, hard for us to figure out what he was talking about if we didn't already have the record recorded for us in 1 Samuel 21, where it talks about this episode in David's life. Uh, David at this point, had uh, years before this, remember, David killed Goliath. Well, Goliath was from Gath. Uh, he was a Philistine. Uh, and David, as a young man, killed this mighty warrior from Gath. And now David is at a place where he's been set apart and anointed to be the next king of Israel. But Saul is still king. And David and Saul have this interesting relationship that kind of goes back and forth where there are times where Saul loves David and wants David in his presence, and uh, they often call David in, it seems, to play music to calm Saul. Saul was, it seems like, uh, we might diagnose him today as having uh, depression and anxiety and different struggles emotionally that he was going through, and he had determined that David was a threat to him, and he had uh, made the decision to try to hunt David down and kill him. So David is, at this point, running for his life in 1 Samuel 21, he's traveling to different places trying to hide out from Saul and his men who are, who are trying to find out where he is so that they could kill him. Well, David ends up fleeing to Gath. And uh, when he's there, people begin to recognize who he is. And uh, he, they bring him before the king there in, in 1 Samuel 21. And David has to think quickly about how he can get out of this, how his life could be spared. And so his improv skills kick in, and he begins to act like a madman. Uh, I, I, I could just, I, I, I can't picture David, the David that we know of in Scripture, who would be the king, who is this great leader and warrior, acting like a madman. But it seems that in uh, 1 Samuel 21, this description of this, that he, he had let his nails grow out, evidently. He was scratching the walls of the gates like a madman, and he had a beard, and he was letting saliva run down on his beard like he was kind of like foaming at the mouth. And that's just not how we normally picture David. So he evidently did a really good acting job because the king decided to get David out of his presence, just to tell him, get him out of here. We don't need any more crazy people around me. So they, uh, they let him go. And in response to that, David is writing this psalm to give God praise and thanks for sparing his life. You could go back and read more of it, but he calls on all of us together to, to offer praise to God, uh, to extol his name, to exalt his name together uh, because of the great things that God has done. And last week we talked about the fact that we as Christians today have uh, 
the same kind of uh, experience in the sense that we have been spared, our lives have been spared by what God has done for us. Uh, in fact, it's even uh, more, uh, it's greater in many ways for us than it was for David. David is talking about one instance where his life was spared, but he wants to praise God for all of the provision, all of the ways he's taking care of him. But we have now, as Christians, the knowledge of Jesus Christ being sent by the plan of God to come and pay the price for our sins, to to free us from the bondage of sin and from the consequences of sin, which would be death. So God has truly made a decision and a great sacrifice to spare our lives. So what we focused on this past Sunday was this. What should our lives look like? What should our lives be characterized by when we've been, uh, we have the knowledge that we've been redeemed by God? What does a redeemed life look like? And we broke it down to three main characteristics that should be seen in the life of the redeemed of God. And the first characteristic was that we should be worshipers of God and not self. We're living in a, in a time, and it's always been this way to a certain point, where the worship of self is really being elevated above everything else. And by that, I mean this. The, 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 the prevailing thought is our feelings about things should control our lives. In other words, if I feel like this is good, that's what I should do. If I feel like it's not good for me, I don't want to do that. And we're letting our own feelings rule over us. And, and that's really filled with all kinds of negative consequences when we live it out, when that's lived out over time, because our feelings are so unreliable and they're so unstable. And they lead us one direction one day and another direction another day just based on how we feel at the moment. And instead of being ruled by self and by our self-feelings, David is saying in this psalm, we need to be ruled by worshiping God. That should be the driving force of our lives. God is so great. He's so amazing. He's so wonderful. He is worthy of our worship and our sacrifice. And so we need to honor him and worship him. Jesus said something about this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It's recorded that he said, uh, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. The worship of God is rooted in self-denial, not self-manifestation, not, not in letting our feelings rule. Whatever we feel like we want for us is what ought to happen. Instead, it's denying ourselves so that we can follow him. He says, deny yourself and take up your cross daily. Taking up your cross is really picturing sacrifice, right? That's the ultimate sacrifice is the cross. And he's saying that Christ followers have to put our lives, our old lives to death so that we can have this new life where we take up our cross daily and deny ourselves. Uh, my life verse that I've talked about many times is Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. And he, and in that passage, Paul describes the lifestyle, I believe, of the redeemed follower of Jesus. He says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So a couple of things there. One is we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That means it's an ongoing sacrifice. Uh, and he says 
it's, it's done in a way that's holy and pleasing to God. So what is pleasing to God is what God's Word teaches. So as we live that out, that pleases God. So instead of being ruled by self and our own feelings, we're ruled by the teachings of God, and that's good and pleasing to God when we do that. And he says that's really what true and proper worship is. That's what worshiping God is all about. We, we have such a limited definition of worship in churches today where we think of it as a, a service on Sundays or even more limited than that, just the singing part of the service on Sundays when worship in Scripture is your whole life being given to God. So it's not just what we do in the services at a church building on a Sunday. It's, it's how you live it out at school and at work and in the marketplace. Uh, it is the lifestyle of worship that is pleasing to God. And in response to God's love for us and his redeeming work through Jesus, we need to offer him our worship, our lives in return for that. It's a way to be pleasing to him. But here's the thing. He says when, we, when we're not conforming to the pattern of this world, we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So in order to live out a life of worship, we have to learn what God teaches about how he wants us to live our lives. Then we can put it into practice as we think, start to think like God about things, we put that into practice, and that's pleasing to God. And then he says as a result of that is really powerful. We're able to test and approve what God's will is. When you know God's word, the result of that is you know God's will. So many times we act like we're, we're having a hard time figuring out God's will. What does God want for us? Because we're letting our feelings determine that for us instead of God's word. But if we'll go to God's word, let his teachings be the directing force of our lives, then we'll be able to know what God's will is. And here's the thing. That sounds awfully restrictive sometimes. People say, I don't want to be ruled by anybody. I want to make my own decisions. But here's the thing about God's will that Paul points out. His will, he says, is good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. The will of God for you is good. God loves you. He only wants what's best for you. If that's God's will for you, there's a reason for that. And part of the reason for that is God wants you to have the good life that he created you for. He says God's will is also pleasing, and we forget that sometimes. We think what the world has to offer is going to be the more pleasing way to go. But when we follow the teachings of God, we end up having this response, this, this uh, benefit of it being a pleasing life. It, it brings joy. It brings a fulfillment like nothing else. And so we are, we are living a life that is more pleasing when we are following the will of God. And then he says God's will is not just good and pleasing. It's really perfect. It, it, it's all-encompassing. It's, it's all of life as God intended life to be. Perfect in that sense means complete. The teaching of God, the will of God, and its completeness gives us the complete life that God wants us to have. So a characteristic of Christ followers, of those who are the redeemed today, should be that we're worshiping God with our whole lives. And that includes something we talked about, too, that David mentions here, and that's radical repentance, where we understand that, that we are imperfect and we need to turn from sin. That's part of living out the will of God is turning away from sin on a regular basis. It doesn't mean we never fall short or we never commit sin. It means we no longer welcome sin in as as a friend that's at home in our lives anymore. We treat sin like an enemy, and we do battle with it. And with God's help, with God's grace, with the presence of his spirit and the teaching of the word, 
we can have victory over those sins that we're battling with. And that leads to living with an eternal hope in light of Christ's redemptive work in our lives. There are temporary struggles in this world, but we remember when we're in Christ, the struggles here are only temporary. And the scriptures teach us the struggles that we have aren't worth comparing with the glory that waits on us on the other side. We have a hope that is beyond the struggles of this world. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, have hope, because I have overcome the world. So in Christ, we have that promise of victory over the struggles of this world. So the psalmist is saying, if we've been redeemed by God, if we've been set free by what Christ has done at the cross, then we should magnify God with David. We should practice repentance, radical repentance on a regular basis where we continually turn away from sin, and we should place our hope on the things that are eternal, not the temporary things of this world. Well, I hope you'll join us this coming Sunday as we look at another psalm in our series, Summer in the Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm 67. And uh, the theme of this psalm is how we have a blessing that should overflow out of our lives into the lives of others. Uh, we're going to look at three key blessings, three key things that, that, uh, that the psalmist talks about in this psalm. First of all, we get God. What a blessing. We get to have this relationship with the creator of the universe who loves us and is personally involved in our lives. And we, in, in view of, of that blessing, we give praise to God. And part of the way we give praise to God is we share our testimony. I hope that you'll join us this next Sunday. We have services each week on Sundays at the Antioch campus. We have services at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. At our Smyrna campus, we have a 10 o'clock service. And we'd love for you to join us in person. We also, if you can't be in in, here in person, we live stream our services each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And then it's, once it's posted, you can go and view that anytime. Uh, before we go today, I want to share a few upcoming uh, events, some things we have going on here at Lakeshore. Uh, we have a summer celebration coming up at uh, Camp YI in Laverne. It's going to be on August the 12th from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's going to be a day of fun and fellowship. We'll have swimming, water slide. Uh, we'll have a water slide there. We'll have fishing and indoor and outdoor games. We're going to have dinner and a devotion to close out the night. We want you to register in advance because we are going to be providing a meal and we're going to be uh, having volunteers and staff uh, running the games and things like that. So we need to know how many to plan for. It's $5 per person. Uh, children five and under are free. And there's a maximum of $20 per family. You can register online at lakeshorechristian.com. Uh, we encourage you to go there. Just click on that graphic that says Summer Celebration and get you yourself and your family registered for that. We'll know how many to plan for. We also have uh, a school supply drive we just launched this past Sunday. We're partnering uh, at the Antioch campus. We're partnering with Youth for Christ here in Nashville to collect school supplies for local students. The Smyrna campus is part, uh, partnering with Smyrna Elementary School uh, with needs that they've given us. You can click on the summer uh, on the school supply drive graphic on our website at lakeshorechristian.com. It'll take you to those list of items that we're collecting. Uh, and we'll be glad to collect those each Sunday. You can bring them to the lobby of either campus uh, through the month of July, and then we can help out some families with those supplies. We've got one more summer youth conference coming up. It is CIY Move for High Schoolers, July the 23rd through the 28th. They'll be going back to Lee University again, and again, you can register at the kiosk in the lobby or at lakeshorechristian.com if you haven't already registered your high schooler for that. Lots of other good things going on at Lakeshore all the time. We encourage you to follow us on social media. 
We're especially on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow us there, and we'll try to keep you up to date. And, of course, you can regularly visit our website at lakeshorechristian.com. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you can be with us in person as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church.